Friday and all its fist clenching glory with this unmistakable intro of pulsing staccato synth and vocal grandiosity the cutting crew's anguished ballad cuts straight to our hearts did it not when it was released it was the band's debut single but they would never reach such chart and emotional heights again I mean you can just taste the 80s can't you Verity? I can taste the hairspray on my tongue listening just, to that you can just taste it can't you Stephen yeah it must have been something I ate the vinegar. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, don't you? Anyway, um, that's Power Battle Friday. The cutting crew, beautiful stuff. Happy Friday to you. Uh, now, speaking of um, vinegar, uh, we had such a response to uh, what you put on your chips. Uh, we came out of the bag with vinegar. Um, Verity came on with her. I've been thinking, going, well, you know, why is it mayo these days or tomato sauce? Well, someone... Uh, a little ear was in my headphones saying, I'd do something else. And I thought it was so unusual that we had to get this person in. Uh, welcome, New Zealand, to our wonderful tech operator, Adrian. Hello. I <laughs> what love do you do? Dijon mustard on my chips and the fish. Gosh. And I've done it for years, and I convinced my wife, and she loves it now as well. So when we have our chips, fish and chips at home, it's Dijon mustard so, all the way. Now, can I? I can just widen this out a little bit. You, you're from Germany. Yeah. No one in Germany does that. <laughs> I've done it. I started it in school at the school kiosk, and when I said, "Oh yeah, I just have mustard on my chips," I just got the dirtiest looks from everyone. As so, you should. Yeah. <laughs> you no, should no, no, try. No. It's really are, tasty. are you saying to us that actually it's something you've discovered and actually believe it? It's good. Yeah. Well, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince anyone. It's like, try it, and you might like it. So I can, I can just see you uh, at uh, maybe an Oktoberfest. You've got your pint of beer. <laughs> Stein. You've got, one end. You've got your the chips and your fish. The and side. then it's not vinegar for you, Adrian. <laughs> it's a big pottle of Dijon mustard. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wallace, I just think it's great that we've got diversity in our Radio New Zealand. You know, we don't need the merger. We'll just have it as it is. Thank you very much. With mustard. We've got Adrian. Uh, hey, thank you, Adrian. You Thanks for your time. Kia ora. And hey, well done on the job you do every day here. Oh, thank you. Great Kia ora. Kia ora. Um, you're on the panel on RNZ National. Stephen Jacoby and Verity Johnson with me. Verity's columnist. Uh, Stephen is a uh, business uh, leader and advocate. Thank you very much for all your responses this afternoon to this. Very interesting story, this. Being homosexual is not a crime. Big announcement from Pope Francis. He says the laws that criminalise homosexuality are unjust and wants the church to welcome LGBTQ plus people. But 
He does believe Gayax Arison. With us is Emeritus Professor of Religious History at Massey University, Peter Lynham. Kia ora, Peter. How are you going there, Wallace? I'm very well, thank you. Nice to have you on the programme, Peter. What do you make of this? Does this represent a shift in t- a church teaching? Um, no, it's not a change in church's teaching, but it's a very clever promotion of a case which, in a sense, doesn't have any impact, because, except, I suppose, the Vatican City could, could be required to change its laws for its tiny, what is it, 27 acres. Um, so the distinction is one that churches have often made between something that, that the civil law deems wrong, but religious law and the acts of God deem wrong. So the, you know, the, the contrast between the two is one that you can maintain. The only problem is that uh, always the Catholic Church's you know, fervent claim that this is a sinful act has led to um, a great deal of castigation of LGBT people. Mm. Um, it, it, you can maintain the distinction, but it doesn't help people. Yeah, and it's very significant too, isn't it, Peter? Because, yeah, lest we forget that some 67 countries or jurisdictions worldwide criminalise consensual same-sex activity, 11 of which cannot do impose the death penalty. Uh, So anything that Pope Francis has to say on this matter carries massive weight. And that he said it at this time is pretty interesting, too. Um, There's been earlier occasions when it was thought he was going to say something like this, but perhaps he feels freer now that uh, Pope Benedict is dead and that he's trying to push his papal regime in the direction of, of greater reforms. All right, we have a uh, panel with us, uh, Peter. Let's uh, get him to jump in. Stephen, you first on this. Well, kia ora, Peter. Uh, really good to be talking to you, uh, and I always appreciate your insights uh, on these matters. Um, of course, in many parts of the world, uh, um, uh, being gay is illegal, uh, and uh, according to the local law, uh, and... Um, uh, uh, that causes enormous distress and suffering uh, for a lot of people. I assume the the, the Pope is trying to say uh, that that some of these things should be addressed so that um, uh, people can feel uh, more welcoming to gay people. But is this another example of cognitive dissonance? This is when you you know one thing is wrong, but you uh, act as if it is right. In this case, the Pope. For example, may know that it, that the greatest sin is not to love great people, uh, gay people, uh, but in fact has to hold on to this this rather ridiculous notion. Is this as cognitive well, actually, dissonance? Perhaps, actually, though, uh, Stephen, that those very comments you're quoting more or less directly from the interview he gave to the Associated Press, where he did say, and of course, it's also a sin to hate people. And he was the one who said that the number of countries that still made it a, a law. So he's very aware that some Catholic countries, it's Catholic hierarchies who oppose the decriminalisation. Gosh, all right. Verity. Kia ora, Peter. Um, I'm curious, when you talk about Pope Francis, do you think he secretly actually is, you know, pro-rainbow and is trying to push a reformist agenda mm. here? Is that what he's really getting at? 
Yes, I think it is true that it, that he is very aware that it is time for change. There are those recorded conversations that he's had with gay people, um, which suggest he's very positively inclined. Whereas you see, the trouble is that it's very, very hard even for a Pope to shift the massive weight of canon law on the subject. Ah, oh, right. Mm. Yeah, because I was going to ask, I mean, as I said, 67 countries worldwide still criminalise. Uh, if there is one person who has the ability to influence hundreds of millions, perhaps help make global changes, it is this man here, Pope Francis. What do you think will be the significance of this? Do you think he'll help, you know, shift that weight over time within the Catholic Church and wider? If he survives long enough to do so. See, there's the Synod of Bishops coming up in 2024, and I know from looking at Catholic submissions from here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that a lot of lay Catholics want to see this changed. They're Mm. very anxious that there be more space for LGBT people in the Church. Very interesting stuff, um, Peter. But it's, and it's fine before you go. Um, amongst uh, other bishops, I mean, how has this generally gone down? Has this been big news within Catholic circles? Oh, yes, because this, there is a very sharp division, and it's growing between conservative and more liberal um, Catholic bishops. Of course, these are all relative terms, yeah. conservative and liberal in the Catholic context. Um, and there's there's really significant potential for a schism in the church over around these sorts of matters. Lovely to have you on, Professor Peter Lynam Kia ora. Thank you very much uh, for your time there. And uh, Stephen Jacoby, I know that you are uh, a man of the church uh, as well and, the per- and, 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 and it's connected to a church which is, um, you know, um, can we say fairly progressive in these sorts of matters. Um, a lot of churches, a lot of religion has had to grapple with this issue of the last 30 years, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's uh, I mean, Peter talked about schism in the um, Catholic Church, but it's in many churches. Yeah. Uh, and it takes a brave uh, church leader to stand up on the side uh, of justice and love uh, for gay people. I, I, as a person of faith, though, I cannot possibly imagine that you could regard um, homosexuality as a sin. And I know that's not going to please a lot of your your listeners, and that's just that's my view. Uh, and I'm very proud to be part of a church that uh, that lives that out uh, at St Matthews in the city. I mean, I'm just. I mean, I say this as uh, as, as an atheist. Sorry, mum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's fascinating to watch this from the outside. The way that the church is responding to what feels like to the sort of secular public a really obvious kind of like why on earth would you even have the slightest question mark over embracing rainbow parishioners like why from the outside it just seems completely nonsensical that the pope even like has to fight for rainbow rights but i see that from the inside um the church is actually fighting a massive 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 change and what peter was saying about canon canonical law that was interesting wasn't it yeah yeah i hadn't realized how yeah. little power the pope actually yeah. has very very much so yeah, yeah. Uh, your views most welcome on that you can email me the panel at rnz.co.nz i'm with uh, business uh, leader stephen jacoby and columnist Verity Johnson this afternoon. Very nice to have your company this Friday afternoon. Uh, what memories do you have of Cobb & Co? What 
You've been there recently, Miss Evan. <laughs> what about Valentine's with their innovating all-you-can-eat buffet, loading your plate up with your shrimps, your potato salads, your salmon mornays. And then there's Pumpkin Patch at its height, 250 stores around the world, expanding into the United States and the UK and beyond. An interesting, very interesting piece by Stuff's Amy Shaw about what happens to a much-loved brand in a changing world. With us, we have Chris Wilkinson, Managing Director of First Retail Group. Chris, welcome. Kia ora, guys. How are you? Oh, really well, Chris. And I thought this was really interesting. It kind of, I guess, on two levels. It it, it, it made me go back to my Cobb & Co memories. It will tr- I, I had great fondness. You know, you had your traffic lights uh, as, as a kid. But also, you know, other, like your Valentine's, Pumpkin Patch. But what also struck me, Chris, is how fickle all this is. You might be going gangbusters with, say, an all-you-can-eat offering or luring the kids in with a traffic light, but things can change really quite fast. It's not fickle. It's actually evolution, and people Mm. will change. We're seeing greater competition in these spaces. People's tastes move on. We've become very cosmopolitan here in New Zealand, and understandably, their their needs and wants um, shift. But what about, give us a, I mean, Cobb & Co, for example, I mean, they're still around, but they just don't dominate like they used to. They were the go-to family outing, weren't they? Absolutely. And I think what happened is that, and look, nostalgia's a huge driver in terms of consumer behaviour. Right. It's a real trigger to get people back into businesses, and um, it, it's just a wonderful thing at the moment that's working well for many businesses. But there's some concepts that just don't have that nostalgia anymore. Again, people's tastes have moved, and and what the, those that would have gone to Cobb & Co are more likely to be going to the Lone Stars, the Swirled, and mm. the Joe's Garage these days. Oh, that's interesting, Verity. Uh, interesting, isn't it, that um, memory or nostalgia is a very big driver in consumer taste? Yeah, because it was interesting, Chris, from what you just said about um, people not wanting to engage in those um, things that when they were kids, is that when I asked all my friends about Cobb & Co to explain what it was to me, they all talked about the traffic light drink. So to my mind, wouldn't they just do, like, a boozy traffic light, like, you know, remarket it to all of the millennials now who want to be seven years old again and have a traffic light with a shot of vodka in it? Wouldn't you just try and, like exploit that nostalgic angle for your marketing purposes? But the reality is there is there are so many new concepts coming through in that mm. fast, casual market that we talk about. Look, a, a great example is today a brand new, huge mega bar has opened in Petoni with one of the leading hospitality operators in New Zealand. And it's just showing that, again, this, people want differentiation. They want these unique and um, fresh experiences. Yes, Stephen? Uh, well, um, uh, you know, just to note that, of course, uh, Cobb & Co. is not dead. There is one in Levin. I've been to it. Recently. You know, there's always going to be a, mar- a space in the market. But, Chris, we're talking about multiple things here, aren't we? Because some of it's changed as a result of changed consumer preference uh, and, you know, the, the opening up and deregulation of the unit economy had a lot of impact on a lot of these old older brands. But we're also talking about... You know, technical, technological issues that come to play as companies and brands get older. Right. And and lastly, we're talking about you know business. Uh, some businesses go under, uh, and uh, because of, of of you know decisions that have been made. So it's multiple things, is it? 
Oh, a- a- absolutely. But, but, but generally, the fact is that these sectors are seeing more intense competition, and uh, it really does mean that businesses need to uh, constantly reevaluate their offer. And, you know, where we are seeing businesses having challenges around the country, it's where they haven't uh, read their markets, understood them, and then moved with the times. What about that example of Pumpkin Patch? I found that interesting because I can recall that so very clearly, uh, Chris. He had a company that was, well, it was global at the time, wasn't it? I mean, 230 plus stores around the world. I think they had a, a $99, $98 million capital um, injection into the overseas markets. I mean, so large. What could have, what could have gone wrong there? Look, look, a fantastic example of a business that was best of breed. It was really one of those first retailers that embraced that experiential format. Yeah. Uh, it had a very well-recognised brand. But, you know, in that sector, at the same time that it was at its peak, we were seeing the evolution of what we've described as, as the second time around economy, where people were um, you know, selling and giving away their products on the likes of Trade Me and, and Facebook markets. And, and, and so products really had that, that second life and businesses didn't get a part of that. Also, we had brands such as Cotton On Kids who were coming into the market who had, again, global scale, much stronger buying power. Deeper pockets. Value shift, yeah. yeah. They, they shifted. Nice one. Yeah, a lot of Cobb Co memories here coming through. Cobb Co Levin, three friends, each of us Aucklanders, uh, one a Westie from Mount Roscoe, one from Eston. We had a girls' weekend last June, and high on the list was a meal there the shrimp cocktails, the Cobb Loaf, and the traffic light drinks. Yeah, it was Cobb Loaf. Uh, excellent choice, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> And I can tell you something. Um, if there's a if there's a man who yearns for a good shrimp cocktail, it's Wallace Chapman. <laughs> Do you have um, vinegar on that, Wallace? <laughs> no, no, enough of that, Stephen. No. But Chris, just finally, um, what do brands, big or small, need to remind themselves today? Listen to your customers. Watch your markets, and and be agile in in how you respond. Very nice. Nice to have you on, Chris. Thank you. That's Thank Chris you. Wilkinson, uh, Managing Director of First Retail Group. Very simple advice, eh? But gosh, it, that's, it cuts through, doesn't it? Listen to your customers. Mm. And it's easier said than done. That's right. And, and global brands in particular have a lot of trouble with that because, of course, there are so many people to listen to. Yeah. And in some sectors that are highly competitive, uh, Someone will beat you to it if you don't watch what you're doing. Mm. Uh, thank you for your uh, Cobb & Co memories. They are coming through um, New Plymouth. They do an amazing growing, growing up traffic light. Oh, at- I've got to Cobb go and try one. Plymouth. Cobb & Co New Plymouth. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen now. Uh, it's going to go off. There's a Cobb & Co in Taupo. My friend chose it for my birthday lunch last year. Lunch, I say. But it was dark and the lights were low. It was oh, very yeah. 70s. But yeah. you see, again, use that to your advantage. Yeah, if right. If you want a low-light lunch, 
<laughs> and that's where the traffic lights really come into, you know, <laughs> they glow. Their own. Yeah, <laughs> they're radiant. Uh, yeah. Now, um, and the best thing about visiting Comico and Wairua as a kid was the drink menu. I always went for the traffic light, but my sister would have a pink panther and my brother a blue lagoon. What is a pink panther? I have no idea. Someone will know. Mm. What is a pink panther? What's a blue lagoon? But it was reserved for the most special of occasions. Oh uh, it is eight to five. You are on the panel on RNZ National. Happy Friday. 250 bucks will buy you what? A trolley full of groceries, perhaps, or two tickets to see Elton John this evening, or one school blazer. Then the rest of the uniform and school supplies. It's really pricey. The second-hand market is booming, but there are also some that are paying it forward. Now, I do know Jesse Mulligan had someone on the, uh, the afternoons talking about this as well. We talked to a principal earlier in the week who said, look, people are doing it really hard, and it's the uniform, as you alluded to, Stephen, earlier, that is really um, uh, getting uh, parents, um, you know, sort of, mm. Uh, concerns up. With us now is Shane Pike, who founded a very popular Facebook page called Heading Back to School, Pass It Forward Christchurch. Shane, great to have you on the program. Yeah, how are you? I'm very well, Shane. Now, so um, tell us all about your page. Yeah, so look, I, um, I created a page back in 2022. Um, being a mum of four children, I completely understand how hard it is to cater yeah. for school needs and obviously the financial strain that it's causing. Also, obviously, now with the rise of cost of living, um, so yes, I've created this page so that parents could come on after how without feeling judged, ashamed. Uh, the stigma around it is, yeah, completely huge and it needs to change. Um, people are ashamed and embarrassed, and I believe this page gives parents that safety net. So yeah, I wonderful, Shane. Yeah, so I made it so parents could come on, um, ask for help, but also so that people could pass on pre-loved school uniforms and schooling items to others that are in need. And it's not just uniforms, Shana. You also take donations to help with school donations and supplies? Yes, correct. Very, very cool. Just on the stigma thing, do you find that is that that is quite an issue with the parents you correspond with? Yeah, 100%. So I do get um, uh, multiple um, messages a day, sometimes up to 20 to 30 messages per day with people giving me their, their background stories and why they need help. And a lot of them have said, you know, they feel ashamed and embarrassed to actually ask for, you know, ask themselves and ask me to do it on their behalf because they just don't want to be judged for needing, needing that extra help. So there is a huge stigma around it. So I think with my page now, a lot of people are just freely asking and they've said to me, you know, how they do feel it's so much easier to be able to ask for help without being judged um, using this page. This is a great initiative, and it just shows you how you can use social media positively and proactively to help uh, people and, and communities. I'm interested to know, um, do people talk about whether they would prefer school uniforms or just, you know, no school mm. uniform? Because, of course, you still have to buy some clothes yeah. to, to uh, uh, for your kids to wear. Yes, correct. So majority of people, they just ask for what they're needing the most. Um, and uh, like I've said, uh, or you've probably seen on the page if you've had a wee look, um, a lot of people are asking for particular items. And it's generally the items that they'd need specifically for that school year. Yeah. Uh, Verity, we've got another um, columnist with us, uh, panel member, Shane Verity Johnson. I just want to say thanks, Shane. I mean, I mm, think you're doing mm. really incredible stuff. Um, my mum bought my blazers secondhand for... Um, for exactly for the same reasons you're talking about. And I think that like I, that what you're actually doing addresses a real need. So thank you for making people feel a little bit calmer about this. 
Mm. Oh, no, thank you. It's my, yeah, honestly, it's a, it's a huge blessing to myself as well. Like I, I feel that it encourages my kids to give. Um, and that I've noticed just with the, running the page for the last year, my kids are so much more giving now and they get involved and we make up stationary packs and they Aww. want to be the ones to pass them over and deliver them to people when we take them out. Um, so I think that has been a huge thing as well, uh, that it's including them to make them gain, I guess, knowing how to give to people instead of just being, well, I guess, like selfless. They're just wanting to help now. Oh, you know, I couldn't have finished Friday afternoon on a better way than speaking to you, Shane. Isn't that right, Stephen? I mean, this is this is this is faith. This is humanity, right oh, here. This is that absolutely, and it's mm. people helping people. Uh, it's what it's it's what builds up strong communities. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the comments now. And some of the messages coming through. Hi, is anyone able to help me out with the boys' Casebrook Intermediate Uniform, please, size 12? Hi, looking for a girls' Hornby High Uniform, size 14 to 16. So there's a real variety here, isn't there, Shane? Yeah, there is. And, I mean, a majority of the people do get help, which is absolutely amazing because it is community pulling together. Um, and, you know, I'll get some people just message me and be like, hey, you know, like, I can... I, you know, I'd like to sponsor that person and give me the details and you know they'll go and buy the uniform and deliver themselves so it's um, good to see that there is so many willing people to help um, you know just help out by either buying uniform or stationary lists for them good on you Shane thanks for being here yeah no absolutely my pleasure that's Shane Pike there. Uh, the Facebook page is heading back to school pass it forward. Christchurch. Uh, here you go. You've got your uh, many, the, the Cobb Co memories. Wallace, the best thing about Cobb Co was the kids' drinks they came with. Now, Pink Panther is lemonade, raspberry, and ice cream. As iconic as the traffic light and the tatties. Ice cream? Yeah, Pink Panther, lemonade, raspberry, coil, and cream. Here we go. Hi. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Um, you've been wonderful, both of you. Great discussion, Wallace. Thank you. Thanks the listeners. It's an honour to be with you this afternoon and in the next week. I'm looking forward to 3.45 Monday already. I'm Wallace Chapman. Checkpoint with Lisa Owen next. A big thank you to my producer, Ayana, and to Adrian and his mustard and chips. (laughs) I'm Wallace Chapman. (laughs) Not going there. See you next time.